0: All right, so back again for a Cash Manny Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about strictly the San Diego Padres. Uh, Disaster of the season. We'll get into that, but mainly looking forward to next season. What to do with Preller, what to do with Tingler. And I'm going to get into the article that uh, The Athletic wrote today. So let's start with... um, Let's start with Tingler. I mean, obviously, Tingler needs to go. I don't see any way that he comes back. If he comes back, I mean, I'm just not even going to – you could get whoever the fuck you want in the offseason. I wouldn't even care. I'd just be like, yeah, great. You could have another splash off season, and I wouldn't care. I would look, just go into next season just – yeah, I'll still be a fan and everything, but I just won't go into the season thinking that they're going to be a playoff team and think that the – direction of the organization is going in the right way I mean what he did the other night against the Dodgers and bringing in Pagan it's a three-run game and Pagan has gotten fucking bombed bombed lately first half of the season I mean Pagan was solid I mean he was solid he shouldn't have been your eighth inning guy all season long and that's another thing on Tingler is He had this guy, he had Pagan as his eighth inning guy all year long. Even when Pomeranz was healthy, which wasn't, you know, much of the season, I don't know, probably 40% of the season, 33% of the season, he still was using Pomeranz as his seventh inning guy and Pagan as his eighth inning guy. That's how stupid Tingler is. He's a fucking idiot. Pagan has an ERA now of 4.91 and that's your eighth inning guy? I mean, it's the last week of the season, the last weekend coming up, and he was still your eighth-inning guy against the Dodgers. You're up by three. You wanted, you wanted to win that game. It would have been a nice win. It would have pretty much made the Dodgers for sure a wild card team. I mean, who doesn't want to see the Dodgers as a wild card team to, and lose to Adam Wainwright? And, and we got fucking Tingler bringing him in, and he just gives up bomb after bomb after bomb. And it's been going on for like a month where he's just been getting just destroyed. Does he ever demote him? Say, hey man, we're not going to use you for the eighth inning anymore. We're going to go into you know maybe Pierce Johnson or Craig Stammen, you know guys that have been solid all season long. No, he doesn't fucking change anything. And people will be like, well, well, uh, Preller's telling him to do that bullshit. I don't believe Preller's telling him to do that. And if he is then this organization's all fucked up. You got to have your general manager be the general manager, your manager be the manager. You manage the fucking team. And if you're just a, a puppet, which he probably is, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's some to that, but I don't think he's making the decision. I don't think Prowler's making the decision who's the eighth inning guy. Who's in the lineup and, and um, you know, stuff like that. And, and if he is, then... Then just have Preller be the fucking manager and and be the general manager because that's I mean you're just wasting money you're wasting time with a with a manager like that I mean that's just it's ridiculous and that's not the only thing and then Preller or or Tingler after the game oh well we didn't have other guys we couldn't use them because we needed them to have days off and this and that and you fucked the whole season up early in the year when you, he he wouldn't let the starters go farther in games and everyone's like well the starters it was the starters fault they weren't doing doing well yeah to a degree I get that but every fucking time Tingler had a chance to go to the bullpen he would just automatically do it and I'm like what are you doing every game he would he would treat it like it's a world series game and like there is no tomorrow and it's like bro you could do that in a 60 game season like he did last year in a 60 game season sure Take the guys out early. Don't let your starting pitchers go to, you know, the third time around. I don't care because you weren't going to tax your bullpen because it's a 60-game season. You noticed after, you know, about 100 games, the Padres had a great record and were fine. I mean, they were 67 and 49. I mean, they were 18 games above 500. And then all of a sudden, what? The bullpen was just completely taxed. Tim Hill, guy uses him like every fucking game. His arm was taxed. I'm surprised Stamman even had as good of a season as he had because he used him so much. Um, you know, the list goes on. And guys are like, oh, give me examples. Some idiot on fucking Twitter. Of course, it's a guy who's behind a burner, so I just block him. I'm just going to block guys with burner burner accounts. You come out with, you know, DFA Hosmer is my Twitter account or or this and that, the Padre, you don't have a name, or no one knows who you are, like, you know, like, Miserable Padre, everyone knows who he is, or Change the Padres, everyone knows who he is, Um, H.J. Preller, people know who he is, it doesn't have to say your name in there, but but if you're just going to be behind an account, and just say whatever you want, and be a dick, and I'm just gonna block those type of guys. I'm just so sick of them. Dodger fans, do the Dodgers have any fans who aren't behind the account that no one knows who who it is on Twitter? I mean, it's a joke. But anyways, this guy on Twitter it comes to me. Oh, the the starting pitcher really. They they're the ones that blew it. What what do you give me examples of when Preller would t- or Tingler would take that guy out early? There's a game Paddock threw 68 pitches, six innings, giving up like zero runs or one run. He takes them out early. He's like, that's one example. Dude, just go through Paddock's game logs. He takes them out too early. Go through Snell's game logs. He takes them out too early. Darvish, he let him hang in there enough. Musgrove, early in the season, he was taking him out too early. He took all the pitchers out too early because he played every single game. He trusted his bullpen you know which is fine i mean they had a good bullpen in the first half of the season until he fucking taxed it but everybody who was watching these games knew this like this isn't something like that i'm just saying or another guy here and there is saying everybody knew this that he was going to tax the bullpen by taking these pitchers out too early and you could blame you could blame Snell like you know in the first half i mean Snell wasn't pitching well and and would get his pitch count up there i mean i get it but there were games that other pitchers, you know, especially Musgrove and Paddock, that it's just like, dude, let him go farther. There's plenty of games that those guys were coming out throwing 80, 80 pitches, eighty something eighty around 80, 90 pitches. Like, let him throw 100, 105 pitches, 110 pitches. What is wrong with that? And he did it every game. And I just, we all knew it was going to collapse, you know, eventually on the bullpen and it did, and, and Pomeranz's injury killed the bullpen, absolutely destroyed it, I mean, I'll get into my concerns for next year, but my biggest concern going into next year is the bullpen, um, so Tingler needs to go, as far as who they're going to get as a manager, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know who's a good manager, I don't know who's not, the NFL, I have a much better grasp on that, you know, because I watch all the games, you know, I watch other teams, you know, as I... Was like, I watch almost every single team every almost every week. I get a good grasp of it on the red zone. And then my I'm at my parents house and they got three TVs going. So I I get to watch two games at once in the red zone. So I could tell, you know, a little bit better as far as the manager goes. I don't know. Even when Tinkler came there, I was like, I don't know if he's going to be good. I mean, I just heard that he was going to be good at developing players. Well, obviously, they're really not. I mean, I'm sick and tired of switching the lineup every fucking day. And people are like, oh, every team switches a lineup. Giants and Dodgers do it. Yeah, they might switch the lineup where a guy bats first and second. You know, like like Mookie Betts will bat first or second. but Or Muncie bats his, you know, second, third, or fourth, or fifth. But he doesn't bat fucking second, seventh bench. You know, like Grisham. I think they've totally fucked Grisham this year. I think Tingler did. Where he bats him leadoff, leadoff, seventh, Bench, lead off bench, bench seventh. You know, like it's just a joke. Like you, you got to have a better, uh, a better rhythm with the players and, and a better understanding of what your role is. You can't just be flipping it like that. So I never liked that. Um, the main thing I, I didn't like with with Tingler is the way he used the pitching staff. It was a disaster. I think the pitching coach sucked too. Um, so go get a veteran manager. I think they have to get a veteran manager. You cannot take another risk. And really, all of this, to me, is not Tingler's fault. This is all on Preller, to be honest with you. I think proler's he's got a lot of pros, and he's he's got some cons. And he's got a lot of cons, too. So, and I'll try to go over that, in my opinion. But you can't take he can't take another manager that oh he's an unproven guy but i like him cuz he's from the rangers organization i am so sick and tired of all these guys being signed from the rangers like we're signing all these scouts from the rangers and all these player personnel or whatever the farm director of this and that or whatever from the rangers what are we what are we doing you don't see you don't see teams in the NFL start signing coaches and uh, guys under the GM of the Cincinnati Bengals or the Detroit Lions. You don't see that going on. So what the fuck are we doing, signing guys from the Rangers? Oh, well, he's buddy buddies with this guy or he knows this guy. See, Preller's got to open it up, man. Preller's got to. Preller needs and, and I'll get into that article that was written from the Athletic. I'll just flip to that now. Perler needs some guys that tell him, hey, don't do this, do that, instead of just, yes, yes, I think this is good. And Perler needs, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Proler needs someone to help him out more instead of, and disagreeing with them. You know, sometimes some of your best friends that you have will tell you like, nah, that girl's not good for you, you know, or, hey man, don't hang out with that with those guys. Those guys aren't good. Like, tell you straight up instead of, Instead of always agreeing with you and just, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Go do this. Go do that. You're fine. Everything's fine. No. If like you're having alcohol problems and you got one of your good friends is like pull you to the side and like, hey, man, you're drinking too much or or you're smoking too much or this and that. that That's a real good friend. Not not someone that's always agreeing with you and you, you just like them because they agree with you on everything. So it feels like Perler needs someone like that, you know, to help them out. Be like, hey, man the fuck you doing? No, this isn't right. You got to do it. Let's go this direction. And it just seems like he wants all these people just to agree with him under him. And then he's running the ship, which I mean, he's pretty much running the ship. And personally, if he didn't have a contract till 2026, I would expect Seidler to get rid of him and, and try to go for Theo Epstein. But I didn't, I didn't realize when I did a podcast, um, a little while ago, I was basically, claiming to go get Theo and I still would if I was Seidler and that contract of Preller if I could eat it I don't know you know if he can eat it or not if he could do it and he could get Theo that'd be the best thing for this organization because they need structure and it seems like Preller's all over the place man like he'll do some good things but he'll do some bad things he'll do some good things bad things like he's all over the place and in the article it talked about like Kind of what I got a sense on Preller is he doesn't have any any grasp of the players and what they think, and you need to you need to know the clubhouse, and I don't feel like he has a grasp of that. Like when he traded Reyes, if Tatis, if if that's like Tatis's fucking homeboy and like his best friend on the team, I would I wouldn't be so willing to trade that guy. Now I understood trading Reyes and getting Tremel and it didn't work out with Tremel but like Tremel's defense was good he had some pop he had swing and miss and the minors like he had speed whatever i understood doing that because Reyes he really can't play in the national league he can't play in the outfield but shit man like you can't just do those deals and not be like okay now the clubhouse is like how is this going to affect the clubhouse i don't feel like Preller ever thinks of that i don't think he because he doesn't have a grasp of the clubhouse. He just goes out and he's in you know, these different countries and he's, he's watching these, these international players, which is great. Like he, It seems like he's awake 22 out of the 24 hours a day. And we got, we got a general manager in Pro that's going to work his ass off. There's no one that's – he's not going to be lazy. He is trying to get us a World Series. I, that I'm not worried about. Not thinking that this guy's only working ten hours a day, this guy's probably working more than any other general manager that that's cool, but dude, be around the clubhouse. get a feel for your manager, get a feel for how the players feel about the manager. Get a feel of how the players feel about all the players around him. maybe hey this guy this player's a dick and he's he's all about himself, and we should get rid of him like so if Machado and and Tatiste, and I know people hate Hosmer, but Hosmer, you know, one of your veterans, if they, if they all come up to Preller and be like, hey, I'm just using Adam Frazier as an example. I, I I assume he's not a clubhouse cancer. But let's say Adam Frazier was a clubhouse cancer, and they're like, hey, man, don't don't trade for that guy. Or 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 he comes over here, and now it's the offseason coming up. Hey, man, we need to get rid of Frazier because he, he fucking, he's not, we don't want him part of this team, blah, blah, blah needs to get needs to you know be interacting with the players you can't just be gone the whole time and always scouting it seems like he's just thinking about scouting players you got to have your own scouts who are under you doing that you know you need to do the whole thing you need to be part of everything you need to be basically the CEO of the team um so going back to like the Reyes I feel like it was the same thing with Hosmer I know everyone hates Hosmer and Hosmer I mean I can't believe how bad he is defensively offensively he's not that bad I mean he's got a hit for more power and I'll get into all the people you know statistics that need to kind of pick it up but I mean defensively he's just such a liability there I mean he he'll make a few scoops here and there but I mean my god his footwork who's teaching him the footwork there I mean, he's catching the ball behind first base. He he never stretches, you know. Um, it, you can just tell the players, you know, when they're throwing it to him, don't feel confident. It does, at least Tatis doesn't. Machado seems confident when he's throwing it, but Tatis doesn't seem confident when he's throwing it over there. Um, the footwork there is just terrible. It's just awful. He can't play first base basically anymore. I don't know what happened. He wasn't this bad when he first came here. I know some people are like, oh, he's terrible. I was like, "He," was, I mean, he wasn't. This year, he was just, I've never seen anything like it. But even on him, like the players liked him. Obviously, the clubhouse likes him. And Preller tried to trade him. And thank God that trade didn't go through. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? That's the problem with Preller, I feel like, is part of me thinks that he's just so addicted to making trades. Like the trade deadline will come or the off season will come. And he thinks it's like, like making a fantasy football, you know, roster. A fantasy football roster, all you're looking for is talent. It doesn't, it's not going to, it doesn't matter if it gels. It, it's not going to gel together like with the chemistry. There's no chemistry in just picking players. The players are just going to play, you know. When you're building a team, you need some chemistry. You need players to gel, you know. Like, I feel like Preller goes like, if we are doing a grading scale, from zero to a hundred, and you know a Mike Trout, a Soto, a Tatiste is like ninety-eight to hundred, right, on a grading scale, and whatever Hosmer is forty-four. Okay, I feel like I feel like Preller's like if I trade this guy and we're grading him at a forty-four, and we trade for a guy who's a fifty-two, you know, we just netted, you know, plus eight. But that plus eight might bring in a guy who's who's a cancer to the clubhouse. And I feel like probably doesn't understand that part or doesn't care about that part. And you might bring in, well, he's a plus eight uh, on value as far as uh, player evaluation. And he might just come in here and just be a dick and just everyone hates him and no one wants to play with the guy. Well, that shit matters, dude. So when he tried to trade Hosmer and stuff and it seemed like the players were like, what the fuck are you doing? Especially, dude, thank God that trade didn't go through. I mean, you would have gotten Joey Gallo. I don't know why Padre Twitter loves Joey Gallo. They think he's so great. Guy hits like 200. Betting average doesn't matter. Yeah, it fucking does. Um, doesn't matter that much? No, I get it. OPS is obviously, to me, the most important statistic as far as a hitter goes. Well, certain hitters, because I would rather, you know, I don't need my leadoff hitter to have a high OPS. I need him to have a, a high on-base percentage. Um, but in the middle of the order, you know, two to six, I mean, two to seven, basically uh, I'm looking at OPS and yeah, his OPS is usually over 800 cause he hits home runs, but, and his defense is really good. Although it hasn't, hasn't looked too good for the Yankees, at least some of the highlights I've seen, but I mean, we would have him. For one more year, which would be fine, you know, as far as because the outfield going into next year is going to be terrible. At least on paper, it looks like it's going to be terrible. And he would help, you know, play right field. And you had Myers and left. But you would have gotten rid of Robert Hassel in that trade and only saved fifteen million. And then you would have had the players on, you know, the veterans on the team that like Hosmer. And I know Project Traders are like, ah, oh, how can you like Hosmer? Whatever, I'm not, I'm not in the clubhouse. I'm not, you know, I don't know why you wouldn't trust what the players are saying. The players say they like them. That means they like them. Um, you might bring more value to the team than you, some stupid computer stat says. I don't know. I mean, not. it doesn't matter just how good a player is for how much value he brings to the player just because, oh, well, he produces, therefore his value is X amount. Well, there's other factors into it. Um, like Greg Maddox, remember years ago we had Greg Maddox, he was okay as a pitcher for the Padres, but I guarantee he helped out the pitching staff. I mean, if Hosmer's helping guys out, I mean, I don't know if he is or isn't, but I'm not in the clubhouse, but I guarantee Maddox did, you know, it wasn't just, Oh, his ERA is X. That means that's how good he is. Um, if you would have gotten rid of Robert Hassel, and I said this like prior to the trading deadline, I was like, Hassel's going to be in the rankings. I said, top, Thirty top twenty-five on, you know, going into next year's preseason rankings for minor league players. Well, Jim Bowden had his his rankings come out. Whatever you think of Jim Bowden, I, mean, I don't know. He had him like number nine. I mean, you're going to get rid of the, uh, let's just say, a top twenty prospect in all baseball, it, just to save fifteen million on Hosmer and have a year and a half of Gallo. I mean. You you wouldn't have made the playoffs with Joey Gallo this year. There's no chance you're making the playoffs. I mean, you're going to be under 500, which is a joke, absolute joke. So fucking embarrassing. Be under 500 with this roster, and then you would have Joey Gallo one more year, and then he becomes a free agent. And then then basically his value goes away because then you're talking about he's probably going to make over 100 million, 150 million. I don't know what he's going to make. I don't think he's that good, but you would have had to assign him if you're going to trade Robert Hassel. So that's my problem with Preller as far as, you know, he makes some good trades. He makes some bad trades. I think that part he's, I don't know. At first I thought he was, you know, about 70, 30 as far as winning trades, 70% losing 30%. And I would say now, I don't know. He's probably winning 40% and losing 60%. But it's also the structure of the team. So The other teams that have gotten like better value, like Seattle and the Indians and I don't know, you know, some of those trades, like, yeah, you would say they got better, more quantity and they got, they won the deal. Yeah. And yeah, but in our situation, it seems like it still could work out, you know, like, like the Quantrill trade. Like, obviously, we'd rather have Quantrill than Clevenger, right? Quantrill was really good this year. And and he's younger and he's under control. He doesn't cost, you know, what have you. But if you made the playoffs this year and that was, you know, you thought you were going to make the playoffs and Clevenger was healthy, Clevenger's pitched in the playoffs, you know. And I would much rather have Clevenger throwing than you know, a guy who's never pitched in Quattro, and the goal is to win the World Series, right? So in that sense, it made sense to make that type of trade. It also made sense, in my in my opinion, to make the Snell trade because, again, Patino, as young, and, young as he is, he might pan out, and I, I don't think he'll ever be a one or a two, but he might pan out to be a really good number three. Maybe he, he's even a two, whatever. By the time Like, next year, he needs to have a breakout season for, in my opinion, because this year he was just, eh. But to me, like, Patino wasn't going to help you out in a playoff series. Snell would have. You would have pitched him in games one or game two. So again, coming into next year, now, Quantrill, I would feel confident throwing Quantrill in a playoff game now, you know, because now he's got another year under his belt. So the value of that, you know, would be different, but you had Clevenger, you figured you were going to have Clevenger for three postseasons. Last year, he got hurt, unfortunately. felt like you were going to make the playoffs this year, and then you would have felt like you were going to make the playoffs next year. And in those three playoffs, how many times would you have felt comfortable with Quantrell? Probably only once. So to me, those type of trades make sense. Like, would I take him back? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I would take the Snell trade back because if you're trying to win this year, I mean, you need Snell. Like if if Patino was in on the roster instead of Snell, I mean, you're going in hoping Patino would have a good year, but you have a re- pretty good chance with Snell going into next year. At, le- at least in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I'll start with that. So going in like the article The Athletic article tried to make it like maybe they should hit the reset button start over and i'm like dude get the fuck out of here they are not that far away from being good again i mean they were they were the second best team in baseball in my opinion last year and you could say Well, it was a 60 game season it means nothing i mean okay it was, it's 60 games though that's still a sample size it's not 162 games i get it and you could say well 162 games are under 500 uh, i get it But they were 67 and 49. It's not like, I mean, this thing just snowballed and they didn't have a manager that could get it back on track. And the injuries just, there was all kinds of injuries. It's not like injuries aren't part of this. I think it's a big part. I mean, they were unfortunate with how many pitchers got injured this year. You know, but you come into next year and the main thing to me, if the team's going to be good next year, is two pitchers. And it's Snell and Darvish. If those guys get back to pitching, if Darvish pitches like he did in the first half and Snell pitches like he did in the second half for most of the season next year, I think the Padres will make the playoffs. I mean, plain simple, in my my opinion, because that that gives you a one-two punch at the top of the rotation. And Darvish, I was really, really concerned about Darvish. And I'm still concerned about him, but I'm not as much concerned after what he said on his last start. His last start, they asked him basically, you know, what happened to the team, blah, blah, blah. What happened to you in the second half or, you know, basically since July. And he said, I need to get my hip. um, I need to get my hip right. I need to get it healthy. I don't feel like Darvish would be a guy that makes excuses about some injury. To me, that means he was pitching injured and he got bombed in the second half. And I think he was injured I thought maybe it's the he doesn't have the sticky stuff anymore, but uh, some people on Twitter have said that his spin rate and other stuff is just as good as before. Or so basically, his stuff is the same. To me, to me, it just hangs though. His slider seemed to hang, but maybe that's because of his hip. So, if you get Darvish to get back to what he was in the first half you know, let's just say an ERA of 3.2 or lower, and you get Snell to be more consistent and almost pitch like he did in the second half, which I think they can, I think both of those, I don't think that's unrealistic, I mean, we're not talking about like some small sample size where some rookie quarterback comes in and the last three games is playing the Lions, Bengals, you know, and the I don't know, another shitty ass team. And um, the Texans and kind of lights it up a little bit, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be the greatest quarterback ever. No, I mean, we're talking about a history of Darvish and Snell, like those guys are legit pitchers, those are top of the rotation pitchers. Now, do I think they're ones? Maybe not, but they should be both, both should be pretty solid number twos. Then you have Musgrove. Okay, I wouldn't expect as good of a season as he had this year. If he, gets the, if he gets the contract extension. But if he doesn't get the contract extension, I would expect even a better year because then he's going into free agency and he's saying to himself, I got to be in the best health of my career, um, best condition, I mean, of my career. I got to have a huge year. And then, you know, so you'll have a really good one, two, three. Then you're talking about Clevenger coming back. And I know people are like, well, he's coming back off Tommy John. You can't count on. I mean, I I get it, but I mean, shit, you're telling me that he's not going to give you any innings. Like, I mean, I would expect 130 innings out of him, maybe 150. I mean, because he's, it's 18 months off of the Tommy John. It's not like he got it in season or he got it in, you know, spring training or something. I mean, he got it last year in October. So you're talking about like 18 months. Of that so I think he's gonna be you know and that's your four yeah he might have a rough start early and then paddock I think is gonna be a breakout pitcher hopefully he's not seriously hurt because I'm a little concerned on that I think paddock with a new pitching coach using the curveball more is gonna have a breakout season and that's that's five pretty good pitchers so this whole like oh well let's blow it up I mean I, I just think that's ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't know where that's coming from, like making it like as if this is, if you blow it up, if you blow it up this offseason, then I'm never really going to believe in the Padres until they, until they win it. Because every time something goes south, they're just going, oh, dude, let's just blow it up. Seidler has said he could do whatever he wants. Okay. That we're the eighth biggest city or something. I think it's the eighth. I'm not positive on that. And the attendance-wise is going to be top five this year. I mean, you're putting people in the seats. I'm pretty sure people are still going to come back next year, especially if you make a few moves here and there. And, I mean, no one's going to look on paper and just go, oh, this team sucks. Like, I don't see how they could be good. I mean, you got to expect a lot of guys to rebound. I mean, you look at Will Myers, and he hit – He hit 17 home runs this year, or to date. I mean, he's got a weekend. Maybe he hits two or three more home runs. Uh, I doubt he will. He hit 17 home runs this year. Last year, he hit 15 in a 60-game season. I mean, I I don't know what happened to Will Myers this year to, to fall off that bad. Hosmer last year hit nine home runs in 38 games. This year, he has 12. I don't. I don't understand how two players can can be so much better last year compared to this year. And you could say, well, it's a small sample size. Last, look, it, Hosmer didn't even play sixty games. I think Myers played close to sixty, but he had fifteen home runs. He was hitting two eighty eight. Yeah, his batting average was going to come down. Myers hasn't hit a hasn't hit um over twenty home runs in like a couple years. I think since two thousand seventeen. Myers is going to be a free agent after next year. If he's ever going to get another decent contract and like a three-year, I don't know, $30 million contract after this year, if he's ever going to get that or, you know, maybe even higher, he's going to have to produce. And so I think he's going to have a good year next year. I I would expect, you know, 25 to 30 home runs from Myers next year. I got a feeling he's going to bounce back. As far as Hosmer goes, I don't think he'll necessarily bounce back with power numbers. They, if, if there's a DH, and you could just put him as the DH, I think that'll help. Just get him off of first base. Um, you know, Put Cronenworth at first base. Personally, I'd put Kim at shortstop. I would put Frazier at second base, and I'd put Tatiste in right field. But—because I don't think they have any outfielders right now. But if Tatiste is saying, hey, I don't want to play the outfield. I want to play shortstop— then you put him at shortstop, um, but that's another thing that Preller and whoever the next manager is needs to figure out. Instead of not having a grasp of the you know the clubhouse or not knowing your players, and that's my, one of my biggest concerns with Preller. He, he needs to be involved with the players more. Now there's some there's a lot of, there's there's positives with Preller too. I mean I know I mean we're only like. We're only like two, three months ago from Padre Twitter, 90% of them just jerking Preller off and just loving the guy. Now it seems like two, three months later, everyone hates him and thinks he's terrible. I mean, so it's probably somewhere in between, right? You know, like, I mean, I think he's good, but he's not, I don't, uh, if they got rid of him and they, they got Theo Epson, I would do it in a heartbeat. Like I would snap my finger, like, But I'm not just going to get rid of Preller just to get another general manager. You better know that general manager is better than Preller. I mean, Preller needs to get this. They need better structure, okay? So they need a real manager to come in here. They need a pitching coach. They need a hitting coach. They need some veteran type of guys that have been through this and know what they're doing. But you look at... I know a lot of people think the minor league system is, like, bare, like, all of a sudden. Look, C.J. Abrams is going to be a baller. I would expect him up next year at some point. So he's either going to play the outfield and help you there or play shortstop and Tatis is going to play the outfield. I don't see any other position unless they trade Frazier in the offseason. I don't see other, you know. And in the article, it basically was, like, how much can Sidler still spend and this and that, and they have so many bad contracts. I I, I kind of disagree with that. They only have about two more years where 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 the salaries are really going to hurt them, and that's next year and the following year after that. Because I mean Hosmer, Hosmer's only got his his next year for twenty million, and Myers is like twenty three or twenty two, whatever. Both of those guys are going to be gone you know, where Hosmer's comes down to 13. So you're saving seven there and then Myers is going to be off the books. Darvish and Snell will only have one more year left on their deals after next year. And you got some players, in my opinion, as long as Abrams and Hassel pan out, which I'm I'm very confident both will. Um, I'm always more confident in hitters panning out than pitchers coming up. Then then you're going to have, um, those guys are going to save you financially. I think tatisse's contract, I mean, as good as Tatis is going to be, is going to save you. I know it's going to start going up and stuff, but if Abrams and Hassel are up, if, if, if Abrams is up by next year and then Hassel's up by 2023 and they're producing kind of at a young age, Grisham, you know, you got a long, long way with Grisham. I think Grisham's going to end up being an all-star. I really truly believe that. I know that trade kind of looks bad right now because Urias had a really good year and Eric Lauer had a good year. But I think Grisham, in the end, w- will be happy with that trade. I mean, he's going to save you. You're not going to have to pay too much for Grisham and you don't have to pay for Cronenworth, and You don't even have to ever sign Cronenworth because he's already, I think he's like 27 years old and he's got like four more years under control. I mean, what are you going to do? Sign him at the, you know? Give him some huge extension so that he's you're paying him when he's thirty five years old. You don't want to do that. Thirty three years old. So he saves you money there. Um, and then you gotta you gotta hope that Mackenzie Gore and Weathers and Paddock kind of pan out. And I think you can save money, you know, as far as pitching goes. There, Mackenzie Gore to me is you know that's going to be a huge part of going forward because if he can save you money you know, and be in the rotation next year. I think by next year, he's in the rotation. First half of of this season was a complete disaster for Mackenzie Gore, but he showed me a lot in the second half. And, you know, throwing down in the Arizona league, whatever that is, I mean, that, did, that doesn't matter to me. But when he was, you know, he's pitched a game or two, I think I, I watched at least one game where he's in double A this year. Now, he walks some guys, but I think he had eight strikeouts, so the stuff's there. So once he gets his control, he's going to be fine, but I think he's getting better and better. It's just taking a little bit longer. I mean, I don't think he'll ever be a one or a two maybe, but I mean, unless he gets that control, if he gets the control, then he's got a shot, and his fastball looked like it had more pop than it did early in the season. It, it looks like he's, in the, he's going in the right direction. So the minor league system, as as people think like, oh my God, it's not that good, this and that. I think we're about to have a lot of guys that are in, it's it's just far away from the minor league system, except for Abrams, Camposwano, and Gore. I think those guys should be on the rosters at some point next year, and then Hassel the following year after that. And I think Hassel and Abrams have a chance to be stars. So if those guys pan out, then... Who else? You know, by by season 2024, who are you paying? You're only paying Tatis and Machado. You know, Hosmer would have 13 million. I mean, yeah, and um, Darvish and Snell would have one more year, and then you probably have to give an extension to Musgrove. But besides that, I think you're pretty financially. You know, it's not some disaster. We don't have like like they're trying to make it like it's 2015 again. 2015, we didn't have anything in the minor league system after we traded it all. And then we had, you know, terrible contracts of older guys. Kemp, Upton, Shields. Like those were, those guys, you know, well, Upton, it wasn't on his contract. But Kemp and Shields, it, it was bad contracts and and they were declining. I don't really see Darvish and Snell not really giving you much. Um, Machado, I mean... You would hope to get a little more power from Machado this year. His OPS is only 840, 28 home runs. I mean, you kind of want 35 home runs from him. I mean, but who's to say he's not going to do that next year? I don't see him declining anytime soon, you know. I mean, Hosmer, yeah, he's declining. Hosmer's contract would be the one that's the most concerning going forward. But again, it's only one year at 20, and then it's three years at 13, which I mean that's a long time, but you could bench 13 million. Twenty million is hard to bench and not play. Thirteen million, if is gonna continue to be, you know, have us as a top ten payroll, I mean, there's other teams that have worse contracts than that. And in the minor league system, that's the one thing like I want to give some props to Proler, is he's gonna sign international guys that are pretty good, and he's gonna he's drafted well. So I, I believe that's going to continue to to go on as long as Pro is here. I'm pretty high, you know. I mean, I haven't really seen him play, but I'm just following him. Is the James Wood, the outfielder. The Jackson Merrill's a shortstop. I mean, obviously, that guy's probably bait because you don't need a shortstop. I mean, Joshua Mears had a really good season until he got hurt. He was hitting bombs. Um, we haven't seen much of Justin Lang. Hopefully, he starts, you know, next year starts pitching. That's the thing. Now we're going to have a a draft pick. I don't know, probably around 15. I'm just assuming somewhere around there. It'll be under 20. Um, You got to go get a starting pitcher in the draft. I I would assume because they don't really have much pitching, but they got position players. This Arubal Angelus guy or whatever his name is. He was down in low A crushing the ball. Um, And then they got, you know, Victor Acosta, I'm, you know, these are guys I haven't really seen, but just following them on their stats and stuff. And I don't just look at batting average home runs and RBIs. I mean, you want to look at on-base percentage, like, can these guys walk? And that's the thing about Robert Hassel. That's why I was so high on Hassel is he was walking. If you're walking at that type, at that age, 18, 19 years old, whatever he is, that means you got a sense of the you know, the strike zone, and that's only going to continue to improve, and then other things will come as time goes. He went up to high A, and he kind of struggled a little bit, but he was hitting home runs, and that's, that's a good sign for him, because that's one of the concerns with Hassel is, will he have enough power? Shit, dude. I mean, he was showing some of that. Um, Brandon Valenzuela, the catcher, you know, DH, first baseman, whatever, I don't know how good he is. You know, maybe he's some bait. So they got guys down in, you know, low A. And they got guys even, you know, that are lower than that. That seem pretty promising. So I wouldn't, I don't think, I think come next year at this time, people are going to be like, oh, the minor league system looks a lot better than what we thought. Even the Kevin Kopskid that they drafted this year, the reliever, I wouldn't be surprised he's on the team next year at some point. So, I always feel comfortable or at least, yeah, pretty comfortable with Preller as far as the minor league system goes. He's got some, he's always getting more and more guys. So the more as he's traded a lot of these guys and, you know, it kind of backfired on, on him this year, you know, I felt like he traded too many young pitchers. So that, that kind of hurt him this year, but I mean, how do you expect to get all the injuries that they got? You know, Clevenger and Lament basically were out for the whole season this year. And then Morahan's out for the whole season. I mean, that's three guys. Now, Morahan, you could have said, hey, you already had concerns of Morahan and his injuries. You should have, you know, kind of anticipated that. Okay. But then Jacob Nix, you know, Michelle Baez, uh, Paddock got hurt this year. Snell at some point got hurt. Darvish, I mean, the only guy who didn't get hurt is Musgrove. I mean, that's a lot of pitchers. I don't think any other team could have overcome that. I mean, the Dodgers, yeah, but the Dodgers spend, you know, an extra hundred million compared to everyone else. So, I don't think we're that far away. You know, I don't think there's no way that this team can't bounce back come next year, especially with a good manager. Just kind of put it all together a little bit better you know and a lot of these players need to look each other in the mirror and just be like I got to be better I got to I got to put everything into it come this next season cuz next season basically determines whether Preller is a good GM or not and whether this this team you know if this whole thing and this whole rebuild and this whole era with Preller worked or not because last year you could say they made the playoffs like, who wasn't excited for that? I know, 60-game season. But we hadn't made the playoffs in I don't know how many years. I think since 2006. In play and play-in game in 2007. And it's hard to make the playoffs in baseball. It's not easy. Now, I know last year they made, like, you know, fucking eight teams in each side. But we were going to make it no matter what. We had the second-best record in the National League. And you can, Again, you can come back, oh, it was a 60-game season. It doesn't count. I mean, okay. And then this year... Uh, there's some circumstances, injuries, is part of it, and they they just the manager fucked it up, and it's just snowballed them. Well, to me, if next year they make the playoffs, to me that's that means it indicates more of what what really what they were. Are they are they closer to 2020 or 2021? Well, we're gonna find out next year because so if they make the playoffs or win 85 plus games, to me that says yeah, then this. This thing worked. I mean, the goal is to win the World Series, but, you know, you make the playoffs next year. I mean, it's going to be hard to win the division. The Dodgers fucking have a payroll that's continuing to rise. But eventually, the the, the Dodgers have to come back. And that trade that they made, I mean, it looks like they got rid of a really good catcher. I know they got Will Smith, but you're going to have to sign Will Smith, you know, pretty soon. Or you know, I don't know how long was he in his third year. Maybe he's only in a second. But, it, but financially, you're going to have to sign him a lot closer than you'd have to sign the Ruiz guy. Um, and pending what Bauer's situation is going to be, you know, if Bauer can stay on the team and, and collect another $40 million, you know, Kershaw's a free agent, Scherzer's a free agent. I would assume they signed Scherzer. I would assume Kershaw leaves. But then even after that, Turner, um, I would assume seeger has gone as a free agent. And then the following season, Turner's a free agent. I mean, they they got some financial situations, especially because they're over the, the luxury tax. I mean, I think they're about to get penalized pretty heavily if they, they go over it another season and lose a lot of draft picks. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, next year, hopefully Padres make the playoffs. I thought next year would be the World Series year, but maybe we're just a year behind and maybe next year's playoffs again and then 2023 is more of your chance to win the World Series because maybe the Dodgers aren't as good. As far as the Giants go, I mean, everyone's just got them as penciled in as the greatest organization. I mean, I get it. I mean, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they bounce back next year or closer to 500. I mean, I don't... I mean talent wise I mean I don't know how they're winning games I don't get it. It's not like they have like all these good young pitchers. I mean they have a good minor league system, you know, so that's concerning as as and they're going to have flexibility in spending, but I mean we'll see. I mean I don't I don't understand why the Athletic article today made it like as if we have no chance against the Giants and the Dodgers. I I, I don't see it like that. I just don't. I mean is Am I as optimistic as I was this time last year? No, but again, if Darvish and Snell bounce back, it starts with your starting pitching. I mean, all season long, the first half of the year, it just seemed like the pitchers really weren't, we never got in a a rhythm pitching-wise. The hitting at times would hit very inconsistent. You know, Myers-Hosmer, I don't think they can be any worse than they were this year. So, especially Myers, you got to be pretty optimistic. Him going into a free agent season, that he, he'll bounce back and have a good year. Um, Hosmer, if you could just get him off of first base and basically just DH him against right-handed hitters, I think you'd be fine there. I mean, sounds like they might go for Nelson Cruz. I mean, if there's a DH and you're going to get Nelson Cruz, and you know that's fine, but. My biggest concern would be getting some pitching as far as bullpen, and then maybe getting one, you know, one veteran pitcher on a one-year deal. I do not want Proler having a big off-season, you know, making splash moves this this off-season. I do not want that. I don't want to trade, you know, a bunch of our minor leaguers and get a bunch of guys. I, I don't want to do that. And you better keep Abrams and Hassel because those guys financially are going to help you. In the next couple of years. And I think Tatista's contract financially is going to help you. I mean, uh, the article is suggesting to trade Machado. Get the fuck out of here. We ain't trading Machado. You do that shit, then, then everyone's going to be like, you know what? You guys really aren't trying to win. You're just trying like one-year things. Like the Florida Marlins and, you know, the one year and then just get rid of players. The minute it starts going south. I mean, no. Seidler said he would spend and Seidler said they could do whatever they want. And I trust him because everything that he has said, I mean, he's a man of his word so far. So I don't know why I wouldn't trust the guy. They have spent close to the luxury tax or at the luxury tax. I don't know. Some people are saying they're, they're over the luxury tax. I don't know. So he needs to... Almost double down next year, keep the team. And if next year they suck, then after that, then you try to trade people. Then you try to trade Snell and Darvish in the offseason and maybe Machado, you know, and, and go that route. But you got to give it at least one more year. I mean, what the fuck, dude? We got all these guys and you're just going to go one, one bad year and that's it. No. And really, it's only one, one terrible two months where all of a sudden they're the worst team in baseball. So that's a small sample size to just say okay it's over uh, that's it no no i think grisham bounces back next year i think myers has a good year because he's going to be a free agent he's going to be in the best shape he's going to you know as far as hosmer i mean i don't know if he get him off of first base at worst you know if he's your dh i don't think that's that bad He's got to hit more power and get a new hitting coach in here. Hopefully helps a few of these guys out. So, all right. That's all I got. Um, I've been losing a lot of followers on these things. So hopefully some of you guys, if you really like these, I mean, I'm trying to do, trying to figure out the YouTube thing. I don't have a computer. I don't have a laptop and YouTube, you know, I was going to do it like Periscope. I got all signed up and everything. And I was just like, oh, cool. This is going to be like Periscope and just do live streams. But you have to have a thousand subscribers or some shit if you want to do it on your phone or iPad. But I think I'm going to get a laptop. So maybe I'll start doing those again. Hopefully. I don't know how to do all that. I'm not into computers. I don't know how to do all this shit. But maybe you guys can help me out a little bit. I I never really ask for people to retweet or comment on it or whatever, but I've lost a lot of followers. I think that's because of politics, but whatever. I don't really care. Um, Maybe they just, maybe they just don't like my content anymore. I don't know. Maybe. But I I used to get on these podcasts, I used to get like 150 views, 100 to 150. Now I'm getting like 50 to 75. So I feel like I lost people. So if that continues to drop, then I'll probably stop doing these. But I don't want to be just doing it for talking to nobody, (laughs) you know, but I enjoy doing them. I, I, you know, putting my stuff out there, my giving my reasons on why, am I always right? No, but I feel like I have a good grasp on sports. I really enjoy doing the football ones, but those don't get really any views, but that's because I don't think, I don't know. I feel like this city's not really into football, but I am. I love football. I love the gambling aspect of it. I've struggled so far in the gambling aspect, being six and seven this year, but I haven't had a losing season. I think I've done eight years putting my picks on Twitter, um, so hopefully I have a better year this year or start getting it going. I still feel like I don't have a grasp of the NFL yet. I will. I feel like after this week, though, you give me four weeks of data, then I feel much better out of it. Plus, the schedules start factoring in. Alright, but that's it. Till the next time. Probably, you know, once the manager's fired and probably have a pair or a podcast after that. Alright, fellas. Maybe give uh, comments on um on the podcast. Uh, what is it on on um, Apple you can five likes or whatever it is, maybe help me out there. All right, fellas, till the next time. Good night now.